You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I am your host, Kristen Maxwell, and in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am excited to be talking to Kelly Segroy about hope and resilience. And Kelly is a licensed mental health counselor in many states and also holds a master's degree in human services. After facing several life challenges of her own, including divorce, cancer, partner abuse, Kelly has learned how to transform her own life and now implements her education, her life experiences and training in coaching programs to help others find their own resilience. So Kelly, welcome to your superpowered mind. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am too. And I am really curious to hear about your journey and you know, how you help other people to, you know, face some of the hardships and the challenges that they go through in their own lives. And yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we all are there. So let me start. My yeah. first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? So I think the superpower that I have uncovered would be to stay present, right? So staying present offers me peace and calmness. And in the past, before I realized I had the power within me to manage all of this, I had such debilitating anxiety from worrying and trying to control everything. And um, by realizing that it was all within me and I could manage it with my own mind, um, I realized, well, you have the ability to stay calm if you just stay in this moment, right? And I guess if 2020 taught me anything, it was that everything is unknown. I just never know. So worrying ahead of time wasn't doing me any good other than making me crazy. Yes. So the thing that's so funny, okay, I, I got into coaching um, as a result of having just terrible anxiety for decades, for my whole life. Uh-huh. And so people used to say, well, don't worry. You don't know what's going to happen. You have no control over what's going to happen. And I'd say precisely, that's exactly why I do worry. That does Correct. not help me <laughs> to stop worrying. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, I make that's funny because it's like what I say to people when they, when someone says to you, when you're not calm to calm down and never in the history of ever has anyone ever calmed down when you've told them to calm down. Right. (laughs) So never in the history of ever has anyone stopped worrying when they've said to you, stop worrying. That just makes me worry more like, well, why aren't you worried? Because you should be worried. Yes. Telling someone to, to calm down or not to worry is almost like the impossible. So how do we do that? That's the question, right? How do we how do we implement that? It's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. 
Yes, yes. And I am so excited to um, explore that with you. We're going to take a break really quickly so we can get into it because I will tell you that is the process and it is possible because you've done it and I've done it Move from anxiety all the time to much more peace. So it is possible for others. So let's give them that. Before we go to a break, can you let people know where they can find you in your work? Yeah. So I'm pretty simple to find apparently. (laughs) If you Google me, um, I pop up everywhere. So um, I am, my primary practice is located in Florida. Um, I'm licensed as a therapist in Florida and in Connecticut, and I coach as well, pretty much anywhere. Um, I'm on Facebook and that's under my Kelly Scroy name and I'm on Instagram under Kelly Scroy and my website is under my name. So really, if you just get my name, you can find me. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> I made okay. it super easy. Yes, that does make it easy. Okay. Hang on, everybody. We will be right back and go talk a little bit more about hope and resilience. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. So, Kelly. Yes. So, I guess. Where am I going to start with this? Talk about learning how to stay in the moment and what that means and how that brings you calm, if you would. Yeah. So it wasn't an easy process. So let me start with that. And and one of the things I tell my clients all of the time is that this personal development process, our self-growth and self-awareness and insightfulness. This is not easy because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it and we'd be in a very different place in this world, right? Like it's not easy because we've been trained for a lifetime now to worry about everything from the media and external forces and our families and, you know, our teachers told us from the beginning that we had to work really hard to get good grades so we could get good jobs. And our parents freaked out if we didn't get good grades. And so like worrying about the future has been something that has been instilled in all of us from the very beginning. And, you know, thinking back, just like you have to get you have to get a good grade so you can go to college and go to a good college so you can get a good career so you can have a family and can support everybody and make your own money. And like these things are so overwhelming when they're told to us at a really young age, they're overwhelming now. So it wasn't an easy process, but I started to realize that most of the things that I worried about never happened. And then I started to see that when I got kind of familiar with neuroscience and my brain's ability to create things, I realized that when I was miserable, like I sought out misery and people that were miserable. And I actually think one of my defining moments was when a girlfriend of mine told me 
you know, you, you thrive on drama and chaos. And I got really, really mad. And then I had to look at it because we'd been friends for 20 years. And I was like, wow, is she right? But I realized I was seeking it out in my life. So I started to recognize that if I wasn't dealing with drama and chaos, I was like trying to find it. And I was exhausted. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So I, I took a step back and I started looking about what, what behind me and what in front of me I have any control over. And let's face it, the past is gone. I can worry about all the things I did for the rest of my life, but it doesn't change that they've happened. And I can worry about tomorrow, but the only thing that happens when I worry about that is that I lose out on today. And I realized I was missing out on everything that was right in front of me by being so anxious about what could happen and it never happened. And I really just started paying attention to those things. And that kind of started changing my perspective on everything. And when that happened, my life got so much easier. Yeah. And the thing that's... um... You know, going through that, at first, you know, people would say, well, you're missing out. And I I would start, use that just as a way to beat myself up more. Of course. Like, oh my God, I'm missing out on everything and I don't even enjoy it. And so then it even becomes more of a, a cycle. And, you know, I'll tell you for me, what helped is learning how to, um, tune into what was going on in my body and starting to recognize, okay, a lot of the time I just have this fear in my body that I can feel. It would feel like, you know, tightness in my chest or something like that. And starting to just feel that sensation without trying to attach stories to it because you feel it. And then your brain goes, oh, that's right. You know, the kids are driving and that's scary or, oh, I've got a lump here and that's cancer or, Right. You can be just like, oh my gosh, I have got fear and I'm going to feel that sensation. Well, I think one of the things we forget is that our brain is essentially, it's designed to keep us safe when we're in danger, right? So we have this natural reaction, fight or flight. Now it's like fight, flight, freeze. There's so freeze. many apps that go around with it, right? So yes. Um, But it's a natural chemical reaction. It is what our brain knows how to do. And it's known how to do it since the creation of the human body. So it knows the body's in danger. We need to release cortisol and adrenaline and rest and help it be safe. So it knows what to do. The difference is that our brain can't see what's there. So as soon as it senses the tension in our body, it thinks, uh-oh, we're being chased by a lion. Yeah. I need to release cortisol and adrenaline and keep this body safe. However, we might just be thinking about paying our mortgage and our body's tense. Yes. It doesn't know. Well, then we start feeling anxious because that's what happens when your brain is releasing cortisol and adrenaline. And then we start to panic even more because now we're feeling anxious and we're wondering why we have anxiety. And the brain is saying, oh, man, that lion is on top of this body. And next thing you know, you're in a full-blown panic attack. 
So one of the first things I teach my clients is to recognize where in their body they feel that change, that anxiety. When I feel anxious, which blows people's minds that I have anxiety because, you know, they're like, you have anxiety. You never seem to have anxiety. No, because I've worked on it for a hundred years to not have anxiety, Um, but I had debilitating anxiety. So I notice it in my like solar plexus in my gut. I feel like somebody just punched me in the gut. And as soon as I feel it and I become aware of it, I check in with my brain and I go, what am I thinking about? What am I focusing on? What's happening around me that's creating this feeling of, oh my gosh, something's going to happen. And let's just say a hundred percent of the time I'm worrying about something that's out of my control something that hasn't happened yet, something that probably is unlikely to happen. And I get a grip and go, all right, is this something I can do anything about right now or I have any control over? And when I realize that I don't have any control over it, I try to take some deep breaths, bring my body and my brain back to an equilibrium and just kind of focus on what's around me. So our brain is also super talented in that it can't do a whole lot of things all at once. So like we talk about music and art and things like that are very, all those creative things. If we're creative in that time, like when I'm super anxious, I'll listen to music because I can't be singing along to a great song that I love and be focusing on the lion that's actually not chasing me. So I try to go do something that I know is going to distract me from these thoughts temporarily. And again, like I said, this isn't easy because if it was, there'd be no anxiety left in the world, but there is, you know, and we're still in the process of understanding it. And I think that's the beauty because of all the discussion around it, we're starting to understand it more and more and how powerful our mind is. And yeah, again, telling someone to calm down or not to worry is is not helpful. But what I usually try to do is let people know to stay present, stay present and and focus on what's happening. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things for me that changed is when I I got breast cancer, Um, I was diagnosed two days before my 41st birthday. And so getting that kind of diagnosis, I have three children. My children are triplets. So I think they are. (laughs) Yeah, right. Talk about anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. 13, I think at the time. And, you know, I was diagnosed and spent the next two days telling everybody I was going to be okay. Like everyone else was more worried than I was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why is everyone else more worried than me? I'm the one that was just diagnosed, right? And I knew that I had to keep all of these people who cared about me calm, which just kind of doesn't make sense. But that's what was my job at the time. Um, And I recognized that the more positive and the more I embraced this part of my journey, the easier it was, the stronger I felt because buying into how bad this could be wasn't going to help me. Right. It wasn't going to make it go away. Um, You know, freaking out about having cancer and needing chemo and needing multiple surgeries and then needing radiation. And I mean, it took a year of my life. Mm -hmm. So panicking about it wasn't going to make it stop. It wasn't going to go away. 
I needed to get kind of like stay in that moment and take each step of this process as it came. Um, I couldn't do anything more than that. And if, if you've ever, anybody who's listening has ever had chemotherapy, you recognize that really you can't do anything more than take each step as it comes. So Mm -hmm. for me, looking at that, it was like the universe's way of telling me, Hey, slow the heck down, slow down and take a look at what's really important. And from that area, like that time on, as I went through that journey, now we're coming up on 11 years, I started to really live my life because I realized that nothing is guaranteed. I can worry about all kinds of things, but anything could happen. And and again, if 2020 and our COVID experience has not taught us that anything is possible, um, we could, who could have predicted that? Right. So knowing that no matter what challenges I've faced, I've come out the other side and they have given me the ability to see life from a whole nother, a whole different perspective, from a positive perspective. And I've met people that are so afraid of their cancers coming back and my, my thought to them is, and, and I've had these conversations, is like, wait, it's winning. You're letting it win. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to let something like cancer win. Yeah. It's not gonna take, you know, it wasn't going to take my life then. And I'm not ready for it to take me now. So I'm going to keep living so that I have these full experiences. Because that's what going through all of that was about. So that I get my life. And we don't get to like get to the end and reevaluate and go, you know what? I'd like to go back and redo this particular time and try it again. Right. Yeah. You know, so one of the things that I think you were, well, the way I look at it and the way I do it um, with myself is, you know, I find that there will be some sort of thing that's happening and I'll be like, okay, what am I making this mean? What is the story you know, that I'm making this mean. And so often it's like, oh, it's going to get terrible and things are going to get worse. And oh my gosh, this is horrible and I can't survive it. And it's so sad. And so then I will ask, well, what's a different interpretation of this situation? Right. Or a different possibility for what else could happen in this situation other than it's going to go and be terrible and horrible and have a tragic ending because my brain automatically did not go to those other places. And so finding, well, it could be, well, like this could happen or maybe this, you know, could turn around and it's like, it starts to bring openness. You're like, Oh, that is also equally or even more possible than the terrible tragic ending. Correct. Yes, we tend to catastrophize everything, right? Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's our human form. We are we just like turn on the news and everything on the news is a catastrophe. And people watch it because we for whatever reason we're wired to to buy into this mm-hmm. and that's just our that's what attaches us to society. It keeps us riveted in the in the fear and that again, the anxiety. Um, I think one of the, 
one of the interesting aspects is that when I, I've talked to people, like I've had several clients and this goes back to the whole, you know, lockdown stuff during COVID who worried about things that were going to happen months ahead of time, right? So let's talk September of 2020 about a trip that one person, I can think of one client in particular, her kids were going to take with their dad and she didn't want them to go. And it was like every week, the anxiety about this, this trip was all we focused on for months. And a week before this trip was supposed to take place, she and both of her children ended up with COVID and no one went on the trip. Hmm. So she spent September to December worrying like endlessly, losing sleep, losing weight, being sick about this trip. And then they got all the COVID and they all did fine. They all managed to, you know, they were not that sick and they did fine. And she came back after the holidays and we kind of joked about it. And I'm like, so how did all that worrying work out? And she's like, oh my God, what a waste of time. Like I worried about nothing. And that is the truth. I've heard some statistics that say 85% of what we worry about never happens. And of the 15% of the things we worry about that happen, less than half a percent of those things turn out to be as horrible as we've imagined them. So we spend 90% of our time worrying and only half a percent of the things that we spend our time worrying about ever really come to fruition. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of wasted time. It is. And then it's also sort of, it goes without even saying is there's a piece of us that feels like we won't survive. Like it's going to be too hard to handle that thing that when it happens and, you know, there are things that are truly terrible and incredibly difficult And most of the things we're worrying about are not that way. And you will do just fine. (laughs) Right. And, and the things like we are so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for, you know, as, as humans, as spirits, as souls, we have so much resilience and like, I joke around like, well, so far I've survived everything that's tried to kill me, you know, and and I, as I said to you before we even started recording, years back, I was going through a, a really bad breakup. And, you know, I was like, why can I just not move through this? Why am I not resilient? And I bought a book on what makes one person resilient and another person not. And I'm like, well, I do all these things. Does that mean I'm resilient? Then why do I feel bad? And, you know, that that buys into another piece that we're just kind of told that feeling bad is not okay. Like we're not supposed to feel sad, angry, frightened, um, lonely. We're supposed to be happy all the time. And what happens when you're not happy? People are trying to fix it. What's wrong? Why, why are you upset? Why are you angry? Don't be angry. Don't be sad. And sometimes we're just not happy. Um, and we don't embrace any other emotion because, frankly, they stress everyone else out because no one likes to be around someone sad. They don't know what to do to fix it. Right. If we just allow those emotions and recognize that, you know, emotions are so much like waves of the ocean. They come in and they go back out again. And some are big and powerful and they knock us down and they feel like, whoa, there's sand up my bathing suit. And and then other ones are just little ripples. 
they come and they go. And today could be just so overwhelming and exhausting. And I know that if I get a good night's rest, tomorrow's going to be a much better day. Yeah. So, Yeah, it's funny because it's when people are, you know, they go into the thoughts, you know, this is going, this is happening. And always the first thing I have them do is, okay, what do you, what's the thought that you're going into? And then what's the emotion? What are you feeling? What are you trying not to feel, you know, by keeping these thoughts going fast and round and round and round, like this hamster wheel in your head, what is it that you're trying not to feel? Yeah. And let's just name it and recognize that you're feeling it. You're feeling fear right now or sadness that you're sad. And it's amazing how much once you just be like, oh, I'm sad. Like your brain can calm down. It's like, oh, okay, this is where I am at. And just ignore, it's always the first step. Correct. Yes. And, you know, really holding space for that. Hold space for where you're at. We're always, as, as people, as a society, expecting ourselves to be somewhere else. That in itself will create anxiety. But holding space for where I am today. The one thing that I've come to realize is that, you know, when when I'm not feeling great, I can get in a funk for a couple of weeks at a time and it doesn't feel good. And I'm like, ugh, I don't like this. What's wrong with me? Why do I feel this way? And usually when I come out the other side of it, I've had like some big enlightened experience and I call them my growing pains, right? I, I was going through a growing pain, just like as a kid our body hurts, we're growing and it doesn't feel good, but like we wake up and three weeks later, we're six inches taller. And that's unfortunately kind of how we work is that we grow under stress. You know, we grow, I I'm so visual. So I look at like an oyster, you know, an oyster doesn't get a pearl unless it gets like totally irritated by sand. And, you know, our trees, the oak trees grow their gigantic roots because it withstands all these storms. That's resilience. That's what we do as humans. We just keep moving through the challenges. And instead of focusing on the problem, focusing on the outcome, how much stronger we're going to be when we get out the other side of it. But we get caught up in the problem. Yes. And it's sort of, it's sometimes so what it almost is, is instead of focusing on the problem, it's like, okay, what am I, what could I be learning from this? Mm. What, what could I, you know, what am I meant to be seeing from this? What am I meant to be learning? Because right. it then gives it a different perspective other than like, I'm a victim of this. Absolutely. But yes. like that, yes, that this is here and I am meant to, this is making me stronger so that I right. can be more who I want and need to be. Yeah, I told I, I say this to my daughter all the time. She gets she's 24 and gets, she gets caught in this like why me thing. And I'm like, you know, instead of asking yourself, why is this happening to me? Ask yourself, what is this here to teach me? Mm-hmm. Right. Cancer taught me so much. Um, and I thought, like, wow, you know, I'm so positive now. And then I ended up in a, in a horrible relationship with someone very abusive. And I was like, whoa, how did I get here? And what that taught me was that I still didn't value myself enough. And I needed to take a look at that. And I had something left to learn. 
Um, and really what I realized at that point in time was that after coming through, so coming through cancer, when I got cancer, I needed to rely on other people. Well, at that point in time, I had gotten divorced and I was like, damned if I was going to rely on anybody ever again. So I was like ultra independent. No one could help me do anything. And then I got sick and I had to rely on people again. And so I allowed myself to rely on people again. And then I, I went into this relationship and now I'm relying on people. And I was so afraid to be alone at that point in time, because now I had let my defenses down and I was frightened and still like, Oh, I just am better off in a relationship because what if something happens to me? And so I allowed myself to get into this relationship that I knew was not healthy right from the beginning. And what that taught me was to figure out how to be alone. When I came out of that relationship, I spent the last five years by myself, like, mm-hmm. well, with two cats. So not entirely by myself, but, you know, no other, like not in any relationships and really exploring wow, why am I so afraid to be on my own that I would rather be in a horrible relationship? And I learned so much about myself through those five years and that relationship that today I'm grateful for that relationship. That relationship actually was the catalyst to me learning even more about myself and not falling into those same patterns again. Yeah, that's the right. And seeing why you were doing it, I mean, that's really great is getting that clarity. And Without so I guess we're, we're almost out of time already. I guess what I would, my question to you is, so if the listeners out there are, you know, struggling with everything that's going on in the world or something in their own world, what would you recommend to them to start to you know, to center or find peace or any technique? Yeah. So one of the things that, um, that really helps me is to just slow down, take a step back, take a step back into this moment, right? In this moment today and recognize like, For me, I take a look at what's happening and I see like on a grand scheme, is there anything that I can do about all of the things in the world that are happening? And there, you know, from one person's perspective, unless I go out and I'm a big activist, I can't do anything about those things. If I feel so called to make a difference, I know that I can make a difference on a local level, but I can't make a global difference one person. So I take a step back and I just sit for a few minutes, a few days, a few weeks, whatever it takes until I get some clarity. Because if there's a problem, the solution is always present, right? The law of polarity says we can't have one without the other. We have to know if we have to, if we know wrong, we have to know right. We can't know one without the other. So if there's a problem, the solution to that problem exists. But if I'm in the problem, so picture standing at the fork in a road, right? But if I'm in the fork, I can't see down either side. So I have to take a step back and get some clarity about which path looks better. So if there's a fork and I'm right in it, I need to take a few steps back and look down both paths. And if one of them's the problem, the other one's a solution. But I can't see if I don't really slow down and look. So when life feels so heavy, 
and like you're stuck in problems, the solution is there. It's like floating around. Like I picture it like floating in the air around me, right? But I can't see it if all I see is the problem. But when I give myself a minute and just allow myself to hold some space for it, see, see myself gracefully, the solution begins to present itself, even if it's only in little glimpses. Oh, here's the next decision. But we can't take in any new information if we're in fight or flight. If our brain is releasing cortisol and adrenaline and we have anxiety, we can't take in any new information. We're not trying to learn anything when we're being chased by a lion. We just want to run. So I need to slow myself down long enough to be able to see something different, new information, a new perspective. So when life feels crazy and chaotic and out of control, slow down. It doesn't feel natural because you want to solve all the chaos, but the solution is in the quiet. It's in the slowing down. It's in the taking a step back and really being able to see things clearly. And once that clarity comes in, there's a solution right there. Yeah, that is so great. Thank you so much for for sharing that. And, you know, just reminding us that it is possible to change how you come at at life after a while, you know, you too, when you do this often enough, it starts to rewire your brain so that you're not always in high panic all the time. Correct. It happens like, So suddenly, the next thing you know, like this voice is coming out of your mouth when you're negatively talking to yourself, this positive voice is coming out being like, oh my God, stop saying those things. You're fine. And you're like, whoa, who is that? (laughs) Who is that? Right. Who's talking? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being here and for sharing your light in the world and all that, you know, that you do for other people. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been a joy. Yes, thank you. Thanks. And listeners, thank you also for being here. Um, go and check out Kelly's website at Kelly Scroy, and I will put it in the in the notes. And then also, if you're interested in discovering how to connect into our community at Superpower Experts, you can always head over to superpowerexperts.com. We've got all kinds of programs and membership options and just community of people on this path until next time go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world are you ready to discover your superpowers go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today 